G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Craft Doctors. It's Friday, we're kicking back, having a very uh, relaxing time. We've got another great special guest. He is the co-host of the Keeper League, hashtag brand, craft beer aficionado. He was one of the first people I uh, thought of when we, we thought of The Craft Doctors and I'm very glad to have him because... I'm going to pick his brain about the brand and I'm hoping to learn something if you're starting thinking about starting a, a podcast or maybe you've just started one. Hopefully you can learn something too. But he's an all-time heckler as well. Hef, how are you? Yeah, not bad, boys. Thanks for having me on once again, actually. First time on the Craft Doctors. Been on the Draft Doctors once, but uh, making my debut here. I'll claim that. But yeah, I was, I was a bit worried. Um, I gave you a bit of shit on... Uh, our podcast um, saying you're not drinking enough real craft beer, drinking too many Dan Murphy's uh, mass-produced crap. So I thought I'd better come on and uh, you know set the record straight here. Yeah, well, you've done the right thing and um, sent over some some drops. Uh, what what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Uh, I don't know which one you're drinking, but I sent you two. So um, Shapeshifter is the brewery, and they're kind of like the uh, the new kids on the block in Adelaide, but they're uh, yeah making big waves over here. Um, so when I think of like craft like my go-to brands i was just saying to Jono before off air like my go-to brands like range deeds like dayton banks brands like that the kind of um the breweries that kind of specialize on small batch sort of stuff like they're not trying to pump out the mass-produced stuff not focusing on like the the mainstream stuff like the ipas the double ipas the lagers all that sort of stuff that are kind of meant to be kind of drank and sold in large quantities they're just more focused on the um small batch stuff so like you know your oat creams your pastry stouts which is what i'm drinking now you know your your hazy ipas sours and things like that so um yeah shapeshifter is the uh, is the brewery that uh, in adelaide that i think is kind of doing the things that those big eastern states uh, brands are doing and uh, yeah kind of making their uh, mark in adelaide here yeah so i'm, I'm having the uh, imperial pastry stout calculating infinity it's it's really nice it's really nice yeah it's uh it's got a nice little multi flavor it's um yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty big beer like it's um or big stout it's uh 2.8 standards so like i said before the show i reckon i'm uh, probably going to be hung over on the back of this cuz i don't really drink a heap these days but yeah, it's, it's meant to like be like a, a blueberry pie, I think, like that kind of flavor. Uh, it's that lactose kind of, um, yeah, makeup. Uh, it's got, you know, hints of vanilla and cinnamon. And yeah, I think the, the whole idea behind it, I actually know the brewer and the, the guy behind it. So it's one of my good mates, uh, Jez. So if he ever listens to this, uh, shout out to him. But, uh, yeah, so I think that was the whole idea to make like a blueberry pie in a stout. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it works for me. Yeah, I like it. It's sort of, we were talking about, we had that, uh, peanut butter. Uh, stout on, I think just I tweeted it out not long ago. The deeds, it's, it's yeah. far subtler taste yep. than that, and I kind of I, I quite like it in that it's not yep. um, like it's it's that nice smooth taste. It's um, you know real malty, but it's that there's sort of that you know flavor. There's that nice flavor like the blueberry sort of what you're saying, but it's it's subtle. It's not just punching yeah. you in the face. And that's the idea. Like you, I guess you're going to drink like if you if you're not into craft beer and. A lot of people say, tell me like if they're if they're drinking like your um your pails and things like that, all they're getting is flowers and hops and that kind of in your face type of flavour. I think like a good stout, like yeah, like we were saying before, like um anything with like chocolate notes, coconut notes, um like fruits and things like that can actually work really well in stouts if they're not overpowering and just subtle in the background. So yeah, um yeah, it's a great beer, um great brand. I'm pretty happy with it to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned Dayton. Like I like my parents live opposite Dayton, so I was. You know, that's when I lived in Frankston, I spent a lot of time there. And 
yeah, everything's just super, super hoppy, and it's yeah, it's probably not my favorite choice. Despite yeah, the good location. It's more uh, beers like that, but Dane, it's more that they're kind of just like real experimental. They seem to have like a new beer out every week, yeah. and a lot of them are real hit and miss. But um, yeah, so I think that can kind of happen when you're kind of pumping out, you know, as many kind of different beers as you can in, in a short amount of time. But yeah, if you take a bit of time to, I guess, craft something, pardon the pun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can come up with some pretty interesting things with, uh, yeah, a lot of different flavors. So yeah, I remember they had this uh, saffron beer there that was. I quite liked it, but I couldn't ever imagine having a session on it like it was. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is just it's good, but too much. And well, that's the idea. I think it's like people when they think like you know craft beer, they just think drinking, heavy drinking, and uh, it it kind of comes like this assumption that you need to drink a shitload of it to be good. But I think the whole idea, well, I find behind it, like I I really at the moment I've barely been drinking this year, and it's just more if I'm going to have a drink, I'll have one or two like something interesting or something good or just something kind of you know a bit more fancier um and yeah go for that instead of actually trying to just sink as many beers as i can because i tend to find like people that not craft beer want their beer to taste like water like they just want to be able to you know guzzle it down as <laughs> as quickly as they can as quickly as they can and it's not actually about um tasting different things in different flavors it's more about just easy drinking which is i don't know i'm not about that i'm more about the uh, more complex flavors and uh just having having lesser quantities i think well there's a time and a place right yeah exactly 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 yeah yeah. yeah i understand what you mean like getting a bit older um something that's better but uh less you 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 savor it a bit more and you know you can have two of it you look forward to it at the end of the day rather than just knocking off punching out <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. Maybe Absolutely. you wake up the next day and you can function. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry if I came across as a bit of a beer wanker there, but uh, well, it's yeah, kind of it's funny just... because I was, I was, I've been, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I didn't, I don't know, like I didn't respond to it. I was like, I, what do I do with this? Do I, do I, do I punch back or is it? Oh, you're talking about my uh, my yeah, comment yeah. on the show? Like, it's yeah, I get a, you. It's, I said, it's just a joke, right? I, I Absolutely. Said it's a joke, yeah. But and it's fine. I was like, do I? Uh, but it was like I kind of just left it um, and I kind of think about it like uh, music or, or something like that where there's always layers or maybe even just being a football fan like there's layers to things and how invested you are because I've pulled out the that's not a craft beer line on people <laughs> before like when I first moved to the country they had a craft beer day at one of the golf courses and it was like uh squires and and like john boston and stuff yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like that's not come, come on guys like and, and they were convinced you know it was i'm like nah like like it's if it's not from cub then anyway yeah no i was 100 percent just baiting you out and i didn't get the response so i think you win that one so it's all good you got jono <laughs> I, 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 I messaged yeah. him i said he got you man got you. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it's all about yeah anyway so we we're, you know this is um we're talking home leagues, and I'm really interested in in your home league because I know there's a bit of, uh, you know, I listen to your show, and it's, um, you know, you're pretty ambivalent about playing the buys, but uh, Kay is pretty, pretty adamant that buy shouldn't be played. Um, <laughs> so, what's going on in your home league? Tell us about the setup. What's the history, and, and how you yeah. traveling? Um, do you want do you want specifically about the buyers or just the league in general? No, no, give me the general league. We'll get to the buy. We'll get to the buyers. That's fine. So our home league is um, our home league is called the Cattery, and um, I think basically I think it's a league rule that you had to you have to have at least played one game for Walkerville Football Club, which is um, our 
uh, club in town. And so there's a few blokes in there. I think there's one bloke in there who's only played one C-grade game just so we can get in the league. Like, not actual footballers, but um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the actual, uh, it's one of the league rules. So um, it's called the Cattery, named after our football club, the Walkerville Cats. Um, and yeah, that's how it all started. Um, it was back in uh, 2012, I think we started as a draft league. And then um, I did my t- teaching pl- placement over in uh, Sejuna, which is, um, I think, about nine hours um, west of Adelaide, kind of on the border of Western oh, Australia. That's where the, um, the golf course starts, the Outback Golf Course. Yeah, I think around there, yeah, like on the Nullarbor, across there, kind of, you know, that kind of way. Um, so, yeah, like I did my teaching placement there and there was a guy, I was um, I just crashed on his floor for six weeks doing my placement that I kind of knew from um, back home. And he told me this uh, thing about a keeper league where they actually keep players each year and I was just so intrigued by that because I was kind of sick of fantasy classic at the, at the time. I liked the draft league, like um, that was our first year doing an actual draft league, but I felt like, yeah, the keeper league was kind of where we we're actually going to go with it because it just kind of, we all loved, we all just loved like digging as deep as we possibly can. And I think like there's nothing like, there's nothing more exciting than like cheering on like two, you know, players that you wouldn't be cheering on in any other circumstance to try to get you a win in like, you know, the last, um, you know, cheering on someone like Matt DeBoer or something like that, that you've got on your list stashed away um, because he was your last pick in the draft and he's your only fit body you've got on ground and you're cheering him on to try to get you a few points to get over the line. Like we just love that kind of idea of just getting around like shit players essentially. <laughs> and so we, we wanted to dig as deep as possible. So um, yeah, the Keeper League started from there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's where our league I got the idea and the Walkerville boys were good to get on board. Um, we had a couple players jump on board from the draft league, so we expanded out to a 12-team league. It started as 10. And then we did our first keeper league draft from there. Um, we decided on 32-man squads um, with the rookie list of six. So um ends up being 38 players on each team. Um, and the rookie list is kind of interesting. We get a lot of questions about it on the podcast. I think most of our listeners are across the way we do it now. But um, the rookie list works like you keep uh, you draft like an extra six players at the end of the draft. So it's like the absolute dregs of the draft. Um, so it doesn't actually have to be under 21s or anything like that. It's just whoever is left over. And with these players, you can keep them on top of your 16 uh, keepers each year, or you can choose to keep them or retain them on your rookie list for an extra year or just throw them back into the pool. So that's just another little quirk of our league as well. So um, yeah, keep 16 each year and optional you can keep up to four of your rookies each year but they're generally like the absolute dregs of the drafts that's how it works yeah that's that's a big team that's a big team and what <laughs> what, like, what was it that made you I mean I guess you said you, you want to play the the long the long game and, and hanging on to those guys What's, what sort of list turnover is there each year um, yeah so we we keep 16 um, with uh, yeah with 12 um, with 12 teams so and then, like, there's a few, um, there's a few rookies and things like that that kind of retain. But you know, roughly, we keep like the top 200 players are kind of kept each year, yeah. and then um, the draft is made up from about that that part, that point onwards. So your draft's always going to be pretty youth heavy. Um, not always. So like, a few people have kind of discovered the kind of tactic. It's like, I guess, if you're not, um, if you're not contending then you're going to go youth heavy. So I think the first four picks in this year's draft were all like first-year players. Yeah. And then after that, it becomes like Shannon Hearn. 
like yeah, who's available yeah, yeah. because like you want someone who's averaging 80. Um, you know, players like that, Callum Ward will generally go in the first round always because he's always put back each year. Players that can get around that kind of 80 mark for the teams like that are starting to contend. So the bottom end of the last year generally picks youth and then the kind of top end of the uh, of the last year's ladder in that back end of the draft start to pick um start to pick more experienced players to try to top up their list for finals and make things. So it's a bit interesting like that. There's a lot of strategy involved in that way that I didn't really anticipate when we first started. Like I thought it would just be youth, 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 youth. Everyone's just trying to build for the future. But when you're keeping like mid-range, um, it makes it hard to actually keep young players each year. Like you think about it, your best 18 players in a in a 12 team draft league. Like you want to put points on the park each year. Yeah. And it's 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 hard like that. So I think with a dynasty style, I do play in another dynasty league. Um, and yeah, I think with that style, you can you generally focus on youth first because all the players are gone anyway. The only things that are left, only players that are left, are youth. But um, yeah, with uh, with ours, when you're keeping that mid range, that 16 kind of keeper range, it's a lot of strategy comes into your draft. So what are you what are you keeping in your dynasty uh, league? You mentioned that just for the listeners. What what's going to be the difference between those leagues if you're not familiar with keeper and dynasty formats? Yeah, so keeper is um, like generally the mid range. Dynasty is like when you run it like an AFL list. Essentially, um, we have squads of thirty six in that, and we only have to make three list changes each year. So list three um, each year, or three trades, or however you kind of work it out. But um, yeah, make three list changes each year, and that's the only rule in that league. Wow, so you are hanging on to dudes. What what what's that like when you pick? Uh, oh, I couldn't give you an example off the top of my head, but like a Will Phillips type who, you know, highly touted coming out, obviously he's had a pretty stiff run of injuries and, and whatever, and you just, it's it's painful hanging on to that sort of player who just doesn't seem to get it, despite maybe being touted as, as a great youngster coming through. Yeah, with with those leagues, like players like Phillips, like you're afforded a lot more time though. Like you can wait four or yeah. five years with a player like that. You can stash so much easier. It's worse in your mid-range where like people last year went high on him. I think he went in like second or third round. I think he slipped a little bit towards the end because I don't think he was named around one. Generally, if you're like, they're not going to be playing early, they don't get picked up as early in the mid-range keeper. But yeah, like there's just no chance of keeping him each year and no chance of keeping him again this year. You're like, you've got to keep your best 16, otherwise you're miles off the pace. So um, yeah, it, it's a bit different like that. It hurts more in your in your mid-range keepers than it does in your deeper leagues because like I said, you, you can, you've got more list spots. You can afford to stash players like that. You can't in the mid-range. You've got to compete. Yeah, and how aggressing... How aggressive are people with with trading and list turnover in your in your main keeper league? Uh, to be honest, not very aggressive. Like there are people that love trading for the sake of trading, so like they'll just trade because they get bored with their players, but they're not necessarily improving their team each time. Yeah. Whereas like the only trades that seem to happen, and this is a bit of a rut, and it's a bit of a gripe I have um, with the whole trading process in our league, is like the only trades that really happen is the the top team basically will have. Um, Either a player get injured, so they'll trade them away to a bottom team for an older player who's going to retire in the next two or three years, but can kind of score pretty well for the for the remainder of the season to help them win the flag coming up. Or it's like they'll give they'll you know end up with a good you know youthful player. They'll end up with someone like um, uh, let's have a look like Matt Rowe on their team who's given them nothing type thing. They'll trade him to the bottom team for their like best old player. So I'll use like the the Shannon Hearn example again. Someone like Shannon Hearn who's probably going to retire at the end of the year, but still going to get you eighty each week when he's playing. They'll do those kind of trades. They seem to be the only trades that really happen because there's like when you like I said when you're only keeping sixteen like most teams have sixteen good players. 
Like, and if you don't, you're doing something wrong. So it's like you get to the end of the year, it's like if you're not adding to your best 16, there's really no point doing the trade. And especially with our yeah. with our league set up, it's like I think because we got uh, 12, 12 team um, twelve team league, it's a top six. And then you only get the double chance if you finish top two. And if you finish four to sixth, you have to basically win four games in a row to win the grand final. It's yeah. super tough. So it's like if you're not top two – it makes it very hard to like sacrifice your future to try to win that that year. If that makes sense. Yeah. So not a lot gets done in terms of trading. More stuff happens preseason, I think. And like, yeah. if it's up to me, I'd probably just keep the preseason trade period, and that'd be it, and don't even trade during the year because um, we don't do waiver lists either. So um, we kind of like yeah, to yeah, 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 you, yeah. you back your judgment in at the start of the year. Like you do your research, you think about who's going to be good, and then uh, yeah, you're locked with that. And that's kind of how our team flows. Like I said, there is trading, but not a lot gets done because yeah, either people are too scared to give up the youth because they might be good in the next year, or it just doesn't benefit you to actually trade because you've got 16 good players and you can't keep that next player that you're trading in. So what? So we were talking about aggressive. What, what about the buys? You mentioned not playing the buys. <laughs> to me, it, it seems strange with teams that big to not play them uh, because you should kind of be right. And if you're not, well, isn't that just like kind of luck or variance or whatever you want to call it? I, I look. I'm fine either way. Like I don't. I, I would play through the buys. I'm happy not to play through the buys. Like I see both sides of the coin. So it's like. If you play through the buys, you, you, you like you, if you draft. We drafted our team ten years ago. We can't plan for buys in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Like when you've drafted your best players, like <laughs> so, like there's no planning going well. So it just turns into luck of the draw. And I guess our league is kind of serious, and we don't want it to be about luck. We want it to be about like the best fantasy player, the best kind of drafter, kind of wins. So, like I said, like there's a few like there's a few people in the league that are like that, and there's a few people in the league that probably don't give a shit and will do whatever. So, I think yeah. the loudest voices definitely kind of get their way. Though the yeah. ones that pipe up the most on the emails and, and on the um, on the group chats, they kind of tend to get their way, and I'm probably one of those people as well. But yeah, like there's that there's that school of thought, which is what that league goes. But then I play in another one, and it's just it's sometimes kind of fun, like to have like a bit of a wild card. You could have a bottom, you know, a bottom team beating a top team just because of luck of the draw, the players they've gotten that week. Um, like it's fun in the in the dynasty league. We do that. I mean, we do it that way, and it's fun. Like I, I lost. Um, a game last uh, week, which and I, I probably would have got a lot closer if I didn't, but, you know, it's luck of the draw. And then I beat someone this week when, you know, he just didn't have enough players and, and I, he kind of evens out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. They always think about that, oh, you know, I drafted so good, I planned so well, all that sort of stuff. Well, who, who saw Darcy Cameron being the best forward in the game? Basically, you know what well, I mean. Who saw who saw Brody Grundy getting injured halfway through in the season and uh, that happening type thing? So, well, that's but that's what I mean. Like it's yeah. like to say there's no luck is I don't yeah. know. Yeah. There's luck when everyone look at. It. I, I actually loved your call. Um, it was a few weeks ago on the draft doctors just about um, like a lot of the voices on Twitter and podcasts and stuff like that. Um, pretending like they just know everything, you know. And it's okay to not know because no one actually knows. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's it's it is luck. You're right. It's luck. And if you if you claim you know, and when you when you're just really just shouting things, it's like you got lucky type thing. Yeah, yeah. There's process, and then you know. Anyway, yeah. it is what it is, and whatever suits your league, that's that's fine. But what about punishments and and draft days and fun stories? Everyone loves the punishments. I think. Yeah, uh, we're actually quite tame. The, the, the two punishments was wild. We're quite tame with the punishments, actually. It's um the wildest thing we do is um because we have a big draft day, so um essentially 
the person who finishes bottom just has to prepare all the food and um, you know serve beers and things like that for the day. It's not it's not wild. Like I used to play in an NFL league, which was like which was brutal. Like my punishment if I was to finish bottom was I had to go to a showdown in a Crows Guernsey. And like I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom actually doing that. Like I'd get torn to shreds. We had I don't even know if I want to say this on the podcast, but we had a vegetarian have meat thrown at them, like in a league. What? So like yeah, That's like right. it was it was absolutely brutal. Like so I I left that league pretty quickly. <laughs> but uh yeah, like um that was absolutely brutal. I yeah, we don't we we kinda of keep it tamer. Like I'm the I'm the youngest guy in our league, I think, or second youngest guy in our league and so like I'm playing with a with refined gentlemen I'd say so uh yeah we, we're a bit more tamer these days that's all <laughs> yeah that's wow I couldn't meet that's I think it's kind of funny like did you like when we found when the the league you know the tv show was on everyone kind of like a lot of people wanted it to be like that and you're like dude yeah. that's that is not it's a tv show yeah exactly it's like but the thing is like i think i probably thought that at one stage like i wanted my league to be like that and um once you get started though it's uh very different the, i think the hardest part of that that is like you're not going to find that many dudes that are like that dedicated to the league as well like we got 12 mates but we've probably only got four or five that take fantasy super seriously you know the rest are just kind of there for a bit of fun like they pick up players they know but they're not watching you know every game each week all that sort of stuff as well it's it's just i think that time that sort of time thing as well is kind of sometimes hard to find the company to actually to actually run a league like that i think yeah so your draft day is obviously pretty big everyone gets together they have to cook the food blah 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 any anything crazy anything crazy man nothing crazy like the, the seriously our draft day i got some i got some good stories i guess from the league but um our, our draft day itself is is it's like it's like our partners and stuff like we most of us have hosted one before our partners walk in and just can't believe that there's like 12 blokes there sitting in silence staring at laptops for a good like (laughs) two and a half hours it's just like what the hell is going on here um it's like the nerdiest thing they've ever seen they just don't understand it but yeah the draft day itself is pretty tame because it's pretty serious but yeah we've had some just some funny things that have happened in the league i guess and i think the boys wanted me to share a few stories um so i've I've kind of got a few here um to talk about so i don't know about you but uh, are you are you a married man steve not married not married, neither am I. But um, and yeah. have a kid in the house. But uh, so you haven't had your wedding. But I was going to ask if you ever had just anything related to your fantasy football league brought up in your in your best man speech or anything like that. Because uh, <laughs> uh, well, a story that happened in our league, and I guess it was showing a one of the coaches. Um, he's a real tested character. I guess showing the, his true character in his speech. Um, so it was 2015, I think it was, and uh, it was when Chris Judd, I think, did a knee or something like that. I could, I could have this the wrong way, way, way around, or whether it was Kane Corns, I think, was actually announcing his retirement. But anyway, it was one of the two. And um, I, think, I think it was actually Kane Corns had announced his retirement. So uh, Tom, the guy in our league, he shot a trade-off straight away to um, one of his best mates, Pugs, um, who he knew was working in the mines, working 12-hour shifts, no reception out where he is type thing. And he goes, hey, I'll, I'll swap you uh, Kane Corns for Chris Judd um, type thing. Looked like a real good deal at the time because I think uh, Kane Corns probably averaging ten points per game more or something like that. It looked like a decent deal, and he accepted it straight away. And then the group chat just erupted and was like, "Pugs, you realise Kane Corns has just announced his retirement. He's retiring in two weeks' time, type thing." So just absolutely shafted his best mate in a trade, um, and that was actually brought up in his uh, yeah, his best man speech, I think, just to kind of you know, show his true character and the kind of bloke he is. So yeah, that was quite funny. Um, another another kind of good story is like um, everything in our league is basically decided by a punting challenge 
So draft order is basically a lottery, but punting style. So I'll try to explain this that in a way that it makes sense. It makes sense to us. But um, so if it's the, the wages, if you depending on where you finish on the ladder, you get a different wager. Okay. So if you finish bottom of the ladder, you get $36 to spend on a, on a bet. And if you finish top, you get a dollar to spend on a bet. Yeah. It kind of works its way down in like tiers from there. Um, if you lose your bet, you get your wager as your starting price. Okay. Yeah, so sure. like that's your thing. So um, anyway, so that's kind of the way our leagues um, draft. So it's kind of like a, it's like a lottery system to avoid tanking. Like you'll get a better wager if you finish bottom, but you still have to win your bet and make the, the league money, um, I guess, to go to our league finances and, you know, beers and things like that. Um, so everyone gets like a, a share of the kitty. But anyway, well, it was around punting, um, punting challenge time, start of the year. And I think we were looking at a golf market and it was when around the time when all those random like sports betting sites that you know, looks so dodgy while opening up. Um, I think there was like Palmer bet and kind of random ones like that. They're probably still around. I don't really know. Yeah. But one of the, one of the real random ones that kind of came across, they had, um, Henrik Stenson to beat Alex Norrin in golf. I'm, I, I guess like I, I play a bit of golf, but I'm not actually like real up with the pros and stuff like that. Um, it was something like that, but they had the odds around the wrong way. So <sighs> yep. I think Henrik Stenson should have been favorite but he was paying $3.90 or something like that. So we put the whole kitty on uh, Stenson to win, I think it was. I hope I've got this the right way around. It's either that yeah. way or the other way around. And I put the whole kitty, and obviously it got up. And we were just waiting for the, the betting company to, to avoid it or whatever. Um, didn't go through, went through. I think we won about three grand off the um, off that uh, bet for the league. Yeah. And so, yeah. But the thing is, we didn't actually go large with it. We kind of dwindled it away with like more punting over the time. There's punting, as punters clubs do. And we ended up losing most of it anyway. And yeah. Uh, yeah, now we can't win a bet to save ourselves in the punting challenges. But yeah, that was a pretty funny story. Just like the way the, the league kind of just erupted when we won all this cash on what was clearly a uh, a mistake from the uh, from the bookies. And um, I guess I've got to mention the um, mate from me. He was actually only in the league for two two years, but he kind of come up with the best strategy to actually win a flag. Um, and he was the first one to start trading out all his youngsters for older players. And we were kind of wondering what he was doing. Cause like he had all these kind of young guns, but he'd still like trade them out for maybe like a, an old midfielder that was like averaging 10 points more or something like that. But you know, the young gun was clearly going to be better in the future, but in that single season, he uh, was trading them all out for kind of slightly better players. And we we're wondering what was going on. Anyway, he romped home, won the flag, um, the cash prize in our league is 600 bucks. Um, took the $600 home and the next week he basically said, I'm quitting the league boys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and handed his piece of shit old team over to one, another one of our mates who was keen to take it on, but just left him with the worst team ever. Um, and we've never let him live it down. We've, we've, you know, we've settled things. We're friends again, but yeah, we've never, never let him down, uh, since. So g'day from me. If you're listening, doubt you would be, but yeah. Fuck, there's some rough blokes in your league. That's a yeah. lot to listen to. Exactly. So yeah, we're uh, yeah. Anything goes in our league, mate. Whatever you can do to uh, to win the competition, you take it. That's for sure. I don't reckon that cane cords thing would fly in my league. Someone tried that shit. No way. No. Yeah, way. like they'd veto it, or they just wouldn't be able to kind of get it. They'd they'd know what was going on. Everyone, no, no. They people would just say, "No, nah, we, we're not letting that happen." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's, ours, it's, it's like just an kind injury. Of... If if you know someone's done their yeah. knee, and it's. And, and you've pulled a Swifty. There's no way that's getting through. No, nah, ours is brutal, mate. It's like if you don't do your research, once the commissioner hits, once that trade's hit, accept, it's it's done. It's the end. Fair enough. So, I've yeah. got to be honest. I really like that um, punting thing. Like, like obviously, I'm not a huge gambler. but No, neither am I, but it's fun. I like that. It gives everyone a, a go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, like you're, it's very hard. You're like, there's, 
basically no way you can go from, you know, last to first type thing. But yeah, basically if you're like bottom three, anyone's really a chance at um, the number one pick and you're kind of probably got a good chance of moving up like two or three spots, but um, yeah, not kind of going all the way to the top. And it just kind of makes it a little bit more interesting than, you know, putting the balls in the, in the, uh, in the cage and rolling them around and picking them out or whatever. It just gives you like over the, we usually do it like a, over the Australia Day long weekend where there's a bit of sport on and stuff like that. There's cricket yeah. and there's a league and all that sort of stuff, Premier League going on and you kind of, and NBA obviously. Um, and yeah, you kind of tune into sport for the whole weekend, watch everyone's bets, see what comes off and that sort of stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, I like that. I, I really like that. You're in a bit more control of your own destiny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, onto, onto the brand, the hashtag brand, the Keeper League brand. I, um, I remember when you guys started up and I, you can probably tell me how long it's been. It feels like you've been five years, something. Four, this is our fourth season, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. And I remember when you guys started, I was like, these guys get it. Like, everything was clear. Everything was like, I'm like, ah, oh. like, cause you don't see many, I don't see many, you see heaps of pod startup, but I don't see many that start up with where it looks like they have a clear direction about where they're going to go. So I was really, I really liked it, but I was like, where, where does this go? Like you could see it was going to be a good thing, but where does it go? Why don't you tell me how it started, why it started? Um, am I off the ball with what I'm saying? But it, it felt like that from the outside, not not knowing you at the time. Yeah, it's a hard one to kind of work out where it started. Like just, just before it started, I was working on like another web business, like another project um, around ed- education basically and kind of I found a niche in, I guess, like teaching music. That's what I do for a living um, but more so in the technology kind of realm whereas like um, – you know, I'm, I don't play an instrument. I major in recording um, and, you know, electronic music and producing music uh, more so right. than more so than actually playing music. Like I can read and write music. I do play, I, I lie, I do play the drums, but not to a professional level. Like my colleagues all studied their instrument at university and did their masters on their instrument, stuff like that. Whereas I didn't do anything like that. I played in high school, played in rock bands, pub bands, that sort of stuff. And um, went on to university to study the kind of technology side of things and recording and sound engineering and all that sort of stuff. So that's my background. So that kind of explains, probably explains like the audio side of things from us. Um, So I was working on like a a web business that kind of taught kids how to do that sort of stuff that other schools could subscribe to and use that sort of stuff as well. So I was doing a lot of research in the, in the back of like, um, you know, online marketing and like just running a successful web business and online businesses and stuff like that. And like around the same time, well, Kay's actually was on at the time, I think he was working for um, SA Thoroughbreds and he was on the radio a little bit with um, Malcolm Blight and Kane Corns here in Adelaide um, talking about uh, just the weekly race tips and things like that. Um, I think once a week he was on there. So he had a bit of like media experience and doing things like that. So, and we've been mates since we were little kids. So um, it's, um, it was like a, it seemed like a good fit. So um, yeah, but at the time we're kind of just chatting in the, uh, the group chat and I, you know, we should start a podcast and like you, you guys were actually like a real inspiration for us. Cause you know, we found, we, like, we love the traders, like, you know, they're the best dudes ever and stuff like that. But we listen to them and they're not really relevant to our draft leagues and our keeper leagues. Like you talk about, they talk about the top, players each week or the obvious players and that's fine because it's perfect for that game but they weren't you know doing it for us they weren't really helping helping us out in our leagues so we're listening to you guys a lot more but then we kind of listen to you guys like well you guys are great too but like all the players that you guys talk about are taken in our leagues we need to go kind of a little bit deeper so we found like i guess a bit of a niche um within a niche and i think that's like with anything like um 
you, like if you're starting a podcast and stuff like that, you need to find your niche and really focus on that niche. Because you'll say that everything's been done and that's fine. Everything probably has been done, but not every niche within those things have been done. You know what I mean? A specific area. You can always find a specific area or a niche within like a broader topic to talk about. And that's kind of where I guess that came from. In terms of like the format of our show, like I absolutely loved um, Footy Rhino back in the day. The um, you know Ryan Daniels Channel Seven, um, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows who he is. But uh, like for for me, his podcasts were they were the best. Like, and when they stopped, like I was just devastated, like absolutely shattered. And we run ours in a very similar way where we talk about kind of every game, and we just talk about anyone who might be relevant. It's not like the the top five of the week or anything like that. It's like we just go through the game. If someone played well, we'll talk about them, but go like, you know, we call it a tip of the cap. Um, you know, good game, but, you know, not really, um, yeah, not really, um, going, oh, geez, I'm getting a time limit thing not here. Not fantasy relevant. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. Some, an error came off my screen, but yeah. Yeah, not really fantasy relevant, but, um, you know, just relevant for that week. And just analyzing every possible scenario or, like, just being on top of everything. That's what I reckon um, Footy Rhino did really well. So, like, yeah, um, we tried to kind of imitate that kind of format once it ended. And so that was probably the catalyst for it starting as well, just on the and just purely as well, like me and Kay's in the group chat going, let's start a podcast. And, yeah, it'd be fun. Let's do it. And we just finally we talked about it for ages and then finally we just did it so yeah that's kind of the way it all kind of gelled together yeah i like that um finding the niche thing is like we saw probably draft was always going to be the next big thing uh probably keeper leagues i don't know if it takes it'd be interesting to see where keeper leagues go i think people can see the appeal of it there's probably more trading um a bit more year-round involvement but like you said, I, I look at it from the outside. I'm like, there's so many niches. Like you could do, and, and to be honest, the, the better stuff instead of like fantasy analysis would be break down the game more. Yeah. Like look at the individual stats, like that sort of stuff as well. Look at the, you could do like a whole podcast on, um, you know, analyzing the fantasy specific stats and finding trends and things like that. Like I think the, the Listics podcast kind of, they do, they do more list analysis, but yeah. they kind of delve in that kind of way and, you know, talk about how things will affect other things and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like any kind of data analysis, that sort of stuff, I reckon you could do a whole podcast on that sort of stuff. There's always a niche that you could probably find that hasn't been exploited yet, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work for fantasy. Like it's anything really like you've, like with my music stuff, like I found a niche there and kind of went for it in that, in that direction as well. And, you know, that wasn't as successful as the Cape League, but it taught me a lot of things. Um, actually, it's not successful at all. I don't make any money off that or anything now. But um, like, it taught me a lot of things. In you know, it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a big believer in like when you fail, you learn shitloads. You know, you learn more in failure than you do in uh, in succeeding. So yeah, like that was still like really valuable for me. And you know, just kind of understanding that that niche and then what it takes to actually run something like this. Um, yeah, it really helped out in that as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Look, the sound quality is amazing, and and. Tip of the cap to you, I guess, to, to borrow one of your phrases. No, um, I like that. It, it's re- no, that's really good. <laughs> um, like the, pet, the the show's only gotten bigger. You, you've built another podcast out of it. Uh, you stole Dossie Office. Thanks for the beers. <laughs> the trade finally came through. Yeah. Um, but but what's that like building something out? Like, or well, how was that experience for you? I should say. Do you mean building the pod pod or building the like, just, just the whole brand? Like having writers come out from underneath you and. Um, you know, having that other show, it's like, to me, it looks like a lot from the outside. Like I'm always yeah. mindful of how much you take on uh, as an individual and as a, as a brand, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it does take a lot of time. I'll give it that, but it's, it's something that I, 
absolutely love doing. Like it doesn't feel like a lot of work. Like there are times where I just get stressed as and like I just feel like, you know, snapping type thing. But at the end of the day, like you're doing something that you love and it doesn't actually feel like that much of a that much of a chore. Like I'd probably just be watching TV or doing something else in the time I'm doing all this stuff anyway. So like, you know, at least I'm putting it into something that's um I guess meaningful and kind of brings me a bit of joy every now and then as well. Most of the time. Brings me joy most of the time anyway. But in terms of um yeah, starting the podcast the brand, like it's 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 weird. Like we started with just the pod and that's all it was. Um the podcast. And then we kind of started like a Patreon thing. I taught myself how to scrape data and a little bit of coding and stuff like that. So um I guess we had like we had we had like cost to cover and stuff like that, like hosting fees, microphones, equipment, software, that sort of stuff as well. So I figured like if I if I put some of this um if I put some of this data that I'm scraping to for my own fantasy team, I'll just chuck it up on a Patreon as an attachment file, pay two dollars a month and jump on and do that. And you know, in the first year a hundred people, I think, or hundred and twenty or so people signed up to do that and you know, making two hundred bucks a month to do that. It was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um yeah. And chucking it up there and yeah, shout out to those patrons because like most of those guys are still on as members today. Um, but then like I started like, yeah, like I said, I was doing lots of research into online marketing and stuff like that. Learned about the, uh, the famous SEO, which I know you guys love the, the jokes about, but kind of realized <laughs> you, um, you needed a website to kind of, you know, have some traction there and stuff like that. So built the website from there and then, you know, moved all the resources over to there and yeah, you know, build a membership kind of plug in into that and, you know, have people sign up on the website and stuff like that. So it kind of moved over to there and then, yeah, Dossie came along. Um, he actually texted me when he was hosting for you guys. He actually texted me on um, Twitter, on Twitter Messenger and said, yeah, do you want to catch up at a sample game, sample grand final, Port Adelaide versus Glenelg? Um, so I was there. He was, a, I think he was kind of Glenelg at the time or working for Glenelg and I was obviously a Port Adelaide man. Checking out, um, we hung out at the footy, you know, just good mates from there. We just became good mates pretty much from that day forward. Um, ran into each other at a Port Adelaide trial again and then from there, basically just been like hanging out every kind of second week from there type thing. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so I stemmed from there. Then, like, he came to me. I think it was last year. He was he was doing some writing for me, like on the on the website. Uh, I think just after he finished up with you guys. Um, then came to me saying, basically, I want to start a, a classic show, and do you want to support it? And I think the idea was to um, encourage more members for the website from his work, and you know, then we we figure out how he kind of fits into it from there. And yeah, so it's just kind of built from there. So to be honest, like in the early days of the Pod Pod. Like I was doing a bit of work with that, like um, just kind of helping him out, helping him edit the show, showing him how to kind of make things sound good, and um, you know, and kind of how to kind of run a show. And although he had always had, or he already had experience from Pod Pod, he knew how to kind of do all that sort of stuff. It was more about getting the audio quality up to scratch. But since then, it's like it's pretty self-driven by DOS. Like I don't do a lot with the Pod Pod. Um, it's more so just kind of there for advice, or if he needs a bit of you know helping hand here and there, I can help him out. But um, yeah, my focus is more so on our podcast and the website and keeping all the data and the stats and things all together and writing a few articles and editing, a bit of everything basically. Everything that you see from the Keeper League, I've pretty much got my my hands on it, except for maybe Kayser's State League article for the week. That's probably the only thing I don't touch. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, I've kind of just all over the place. I don't know if that is a good summary of what you're asking for, but you know, oh, I kind of go. I, I, I mean, I kind of knew because I, I feel like this is kind of why I, I always feel like we sh- we should talk more. Um, but I'm like, you're the alpha. I kind of run the show over here. Yeah, like, you know, we we got our own little things. <laughs> Although I do, I do enjoy the times we do chat, Steve. Uh, I do, I do enjoy conversations. <laughs> our, our little texts on Twitter, our messages—they're nice. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's the what, what do you think the, the 
difference is between um, how much do you need to know about fantasy and how right do you have to be versus how good a content you put out. And I, I'm always really fascinated with this. I asked Warney um, about how much goes into the entertainment of the show versus how much is information on the show. Yeah. I think it entirely depends on your angle. Like if you listen to the traders, like if they're not, if they don't have the best like interpretations of data and stats and if they miss something like I, I don't mind, I don't care because it's not this, they're, they're more like entertainment. They, I guess they are kind of giving the, the general advice type thing, but it's like, they're the best at like entertaining listeners in the in the fantasy yeah. space. Like they're just so good at it, and they're just in, like on the Warnie episode. Like they're three mates, just like living the dream. They're just loving every minute of what they do, and that's what the podcast is like. That's if you're looking for anything more than that in that podcast, and just like general advice, and you know, three mates having a bit of fun, and you know, you know, having a laugh each week. That's what that is. But um, like I said, our our angle is a bit different. Like we want to um, we want to. We have eyes on every game, so we make a point of watching three games a week each now, and we actually sit down and watch that from start to finish, taking notes, that sort of stuff. And generally, we're looking for role changes or things that affect people or might have an effect in the future, um, stuff that could be flash in the pan, people that keep, things that people get sucked in by, um, and just like little stats and things like that. Like I'm always looking at because you guys started the CBA trend, but now I'm always looking at wing attendances basically. <laughs> so yeah. I'm yeah. watching guys on the wing and like seeing where who's lining up on the outside there then kind of from there like looking at the um looking at fan footy at the same time working out who's on the bench so and then trying to get a gauge of who's starting where and whether there's a possible like position change and all that sort of stuff so yeah it, it depends what you're after so like we're after we're probably somewhere in between i think probably more towards the analytical side more so than the entertainment slash content side but it depends on your angle and i think you can work either way whatever you whatever you try to do it's just know who you are and what you're trying to do i think is the is the key takeaway that's all yeah i was think it's interesting like to me it's like you could have the best show in the world but if you don't have some entertainment factor like man it's it's going to be a grind to listen to yeah you can't be boring as batshit like you've just got to you've got to have either the like the, at least you've just got to have like a good kind of camaraderie with your with your co-host or just a good chuckle and a joke and you know things like that here and there and i think it's like I think it's like just making sure like the listeners feel involved as well. Like I don't know about you, but when I listen to podcasts, like I feel like I'm in the room with them. Like, and it kind of needs to have that vibe. Like it, it kind of feels like you're listening to actual people have a conversation, which is what it is. But I don't know. You got to feel like you got to make listeners kind of feel involved in a way as well. Like I love the way you guys do it. Like if you're a new listener, piss off type thing. Like you know, then but that kind of backs in the diehards as well. The, the old people there. Like it's I don't know. I think you've just you've got to have that kind of interaction with your listeners, but also with each other as well. Yeah, it's one of the, it's 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 funny that whole thing it's like you know you're trying to create that vibe and that's why i kind of like this show is kind of it's just it's just a pub chat yeah that's all it is um but you know when it's like hey it's it's old cobber and macker and jimbo and fucking (laughs) you know and it's like well yeah okay guys and it's probably one of the like we did our survey and it was like, guys, you take too long to get onto the show. And then other people are going, oh, there should be more banter. Yeah, it's, like, it's, I, I don't yeah. know. What do I do? It's the same with us. Like, I think you've just got to go with your gut. Go with, just go with what makes you uniquely you. Like, you've, yeah. you've built a, you've built a listener base by doing something, like by doing your thing. Just do your thing. Like, that's how it works. How, how do you feel about your, your show and brand? And, and what, like, where do you think it could go? Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like, uh, I don't know, like we get we get knocked a bit by like having paid content and stuff like that. So like um 
it's it's like we're not we're not out to try to get rich or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like we'll take it as far as we can. Like we'll we'll go to a we'll go to, we, like we're not going to stop people from listening to us if they want. We're always going to be trying to find new listeners, trying to get bigger and better and that sort of stuff to keep trying to improve. Um, yeah, like like I said, like we're we're putting we're putting a lot of time into it, and so like it's nice to see the the I guess the um the uh, the people jumping on and new listeners coming each week, and that's kind of like a, a bit of a reward there. But I I really don't know where it could go. Like if it stays at this, that's fine. I'd, I'd probably like it to get a little bit bigger if we could, just so it'd be a bit more sustainable. Because um, I guess at, at the moment, like we're putting in so much time into the podcast as it is, and it's kind of like you know you, you go to work during the day, you come home, you do more podcast stuff. You know, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again. It's like it, it feels, it, if I'm being honest, it kind of feels a little bit unsustainable. Um, but like at the moment, we're still in like the, the honeymoon phase and it's still it's still fun and it's still like I'm still enjoying every minute of it and that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like, um, and I'm being pretty open and pretty raw and honest here. Um, but yeah, like it's, it, 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 yeah, like I said, a lot of time is going in and, um, yeah, it could it could be anything. Like five years in five years' time, we could you know have ten thousand listeners each week, sponsors coming out of our ears, that sort of stuff. Or it could be done. Like who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. It could be done and come back. <laughs> it could be. Well, yeah, that's why, like you said, and you've, I've actually noticed you've got um, you've got reward for effort here written in the in the show doc, and it's actually something I want to talk about. If that's all right with you, let's talk, man. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why I was there because I I um. You know, like I just look at what you guys do and I, I'm impressed, maybe, I don't want to say jealous, but maybe envious because I think you've built a really good model out. Um, so I'm here, you know, I'm learning, man. You, you tell me <laughs> because um, I, I've had my thoughts on this, yeah. um, but I'd be really interested in yours. Well, basically, like we're not doing this to, to get rich, you know, to be fat cats, to be, you know not going to work each day, that sort of stuff, and just being on the golf course each day. Like, it's it's purely, like, for the, the you know, I guess the paid versus um, free content type thing, it's purely, um, it's purely compensation for our time. So, like I said, like, we're working every day of the week, you know, all three of us, we're coming home doing more stuff. We're missing things in our lives. Like, with me, you know, a little kid, I'm missing, you know, bedtime stories, all that sort of stuff as well. Like, it's, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to tug on heartstrings or anything like that because it's like, you know, again, I'm, I'm doing something I love. It's not, it's not awful. Um, but it's like, we're putting a lot of time in that sometimes it does actually feel unsustainable. So the whole idea between, about behind our membership program and things like that is to try to get some compensation for a time and essentially buy back some of our time. So like our goal, I guess, is to replace, I guess, a part of our income so we can actually get more time to do the podcast and do less of our kind of job and then still be able to spend time with our families and do things, other things we love doing. So that's our philosophy within doing it. And I guess, you know, you like, you get knocked for doing paid content and all that sort of stuff, but there's nothing more than that. Like it's, it's what we're doing now is like, basically if we were to keep doing it for five years, I reckon it would break us. Like it'd be completely unsustainable. And then the podcast goes by the wayside. And you know, what happened when you guys, you guys, you guys had your little break. Did you like your, your fans wanted you back, right? Your listeners wanted you back. I think everyone understands. Yeah. Like everyone understands you're dealing with, like everyone knows we're not America, right? Yeah. And we're dealing with a small base of people. There's only, there's only so much to go around. Yeah. Well, um, the way I look at it is you, though, like, sorry, oh, sorry to cut you off. Well, I just say, I just, we, we were just burnt out, man. Yeah. Like, well, just absolutely fucking smoked. I was dead. Yeah. Like, 
cooked. Well, then, like, but the thing is, if you weren't, if you didn't have to give up all your, like, you know, your non-work time to do it, would you find it more sustainable? So say if you weren't going to your nine to five and you're doing podcasting each day, would you be able to do the podcast? Like, would it have been more sustainable? If that, say, a hypothetical oh, yeah, world where that's fantasy. And that's that's the way yeah, we kind of look at but, it. So if the listeners... But, sorry, go. I'll throw this out there. I reckon I'd get sick of it. Yeah? Because yeah, I, I, I'd be watching, like, every game of football, pouring over every stat. I'd be like, I, I reckon I'd be miserable. I totally to get me, that. this is an outlet. Yeah. I, I get that, yeah. No, I do get that because, like, you do – if you invest too much time in, in something, it, um, it it can become a chore after a while. I completely get that. Like, I used to love music um, and then music became a job, you know, and then it's kind of, like, gone by the wayside. Now, this is, I guess, is my outlet as well. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I've stuck to anything this long with this much passion. And I sometimes wonder, like, is this going to last for, you know, that long or is this just something? Is this it? Like, is this the actual thing I could see myself doing, you know, for the rest of my life? Type thing. Like, you know, people find their find their dream careers and find their dream jobs and things like that. And, you know, some are a lot more sustainable. Like, some people like building bridges and shit and becoming engineers, and that's their dream job <laughs> and for the rest of their life. Yeah. Like, is mine watching fa- footy and you know playing fantasy? Is that like the thing that kind of gets me going, and that I don't get sick of in my life? Like, who knows? And if that's the thing, like, then I want to do it to be happy, you know. And I guess, like, again, like the whole paid content thing is like it's not about getting rich. It's just being able to kind of to actually bring the show to our listeners each week. Like there will be listeners out there that um, you know they they want the podcast to keep going. They want it. They value it. You know, and it's valuable to them. And it's like when you work it out. Like with if you're paying a gold membership for us, you're paying a dollar fifty per episode. Like if you like if you like the podcast and you value it. And I say this for you guys. Like I say this for Selby. I say this for the coaches panel. I say this for the traders. Like. My example, like, you know, I bought three of your draft kits. I bought your 10 sacks of goon. Like, and I, 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 and I do that. I do that not because like, 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 and I want to like splash my cash. I value what you guys do. I don't want you guys to go on hiatus again. Like, I want you to actually kind of enjoy it. Like, and I want you to actually try to find a bit more time to do this sort of stuff so it becomes less of a chore. And that's kind of why I do it. Like, you know, same with the traders. I buy tickets to their live shows. I buy their t shirts, coaches panel, I'm a gold Patreon member, whatever the top tier is. Selby's like uh, Magic Mirror's Magic Tool, sign up to that. It's like I, you guys need to be supported so you guys can keep going, so you can keep producing me that content that I just, you know, lap up each week. That's what I see it about. And, like, that's yeah. the only reason, like, we run the, the, the things the way we do as well. Oh, look, I love it, and I think people should do it. But I think you should build up that base and trust first. Like, if you, do, if you just sort of walk in and go, hey, we're going to ask for a membership after 10 episodes. <laughs> to me, that's the wrong, you, you know, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, you've either got to have the loyalty of the fan base or be putting out something of value uh, beyond that. Like, you got, but you guys do both, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, and that's the idea. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ask for, I'm not going to ask for coin for, for doing nothing, basically nothing extra type thing. Like yeah. if you choose to support us, we support you back. It's, it's a, it's a cycle, you know? I think, um, <laughs> with the chat of Warney a few weeks ago, we were talking about, um, that bluey episode for the dads out there at the, uh, at the market where the, the five, the $10 note comes back around and something like that. It's, it's a funny episode, but, um, basically like we were talking about how, um, oh, I bought tickets to his, um, to the, to the trader show and basically just said like, oh, you know, we probably, probably could have put you on yeah. the door you know but like i was like nah like i'm yeah. i'm more than happy to you know support you guys because you support us you guys want he signs up for a member of our website he listens to every episode yeah. like like i don't want to freeload off those guys i want to support them in any way shape or form i can just because you know it comes around so yeah it's just the way i look at it i guess no, i 
I, I take everything off warning. I just it, whatever he gives to me, oh, I can you know invest it. Like, yeah, I want it. it's, <laughs> absolutely. It's big AFL money. I want that <laughs> AFL. Money. No. But but I always think, and this is probably where I struggle. And I have two thoughts about the paid content. And like I know this this show is about you, man. It's not about me. But I, I want to talk about the paid content because I think it's interesting. Um, maybe not to the listeners, but. You know, some some will find value. We're chatting here, mate. We're chatting here. It's our conversation. Yeah. (laughs) So I always want as many eyeballs on what I do as possible. That that's number one. And so if it's free, they can see. Yeah. That's kind of always the other thing. But the other thing is, I I find it hard to put a price on things I do. Now I I don't know if you find that as well, but with the drug, like we have two products. When we came in, we started. We were like, if we go okay in a year, we'll do the mock simulator. We'll build that out. We did. It was free for for you can use it for free, um, or you can sign up. It's nine. It's still nine dollars, which you know we don't get as much use out of it as we did, but it is what it is. And then the draft kit, and I just found it so hard to put a value on things I created. Yeah. To answer, to answer, like to kind of touch on the first thing. Um, yeah, to touch on the first thing about um, wanting as many eyeballs on your content, things like that. My philosophy with the with our paid stuff as well is like we we genuinely give away our best stuff for free, our best findings. Yeah. We give that away for free. So it's like the best state league scorers for the week. We'll chuck that in an article. We'll put that out for you. The the bit the best trends we find in our CBA sort of stuff, our kick in data, we give that away. Like we talk about it on the podcast. That's in an article. The, the the best stuff is for free. It's more like the if you just want to kind of go that extra little bit get the extra little bit get the rest of it type thing that's what goes to the members i, I feel from there you know the, the breakout tracker. you can view the top 10 young players on the breakout tracker you can view our top 20 projections for the week each week that's all free like and that gets eyeballs on the stuff but also as well like yeah i'm a genuine believer in you give away your best content for free um and that way you kind of build value like you you, you gain trust in your listeners you gain trust in your audience by them actually seeing what you're capable of doing and then you're not just kind of asking them to cough up. They pay the money. They get in there and go, oh, well, this isn't what I expected or I expected so much better. Like they know what they're getting before they even sign up, which is kind of the way I look at it. Um, what was the second thing on top of that? It was um, just putting putting a price putting on a price. things you've created. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like you, 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 you learn by trial and error, I guess. Like that. You, you, put, you set a price what you think it's worth. And like we did this to start off with. We started off with $2 a month and we probably thought, we, and then we surveyed, like we, 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 at the end of the season, we asked like, what do you think? Do you think the value was good? That sort of stuff. And a resounding, yes, like stupid, like stupid, good value. Yeah. Charge more for yep. this type of thing. Um, so we basically did. And then we put it up to, I think $30 for a membership. And again, like we surveyed at the end of that year and like, why did you sign up and resounding to support the podcast? And I was like, would you, yeah. would you sign up if there was no, if there was no premium resources? Like a heap said yes. Like they just would yeah. genuinely just want to support the podcast, want to keep it going, that sort of stuff. And it's built up from there. And like, like I said, it's, it's, it's a gold membership's now 50, but you can basically get everything for the, for the silver membership. You just get basically a bit more access to us in the gold members group and, um, name read out in the podcast. There's not much different, but it's just like the amount of people that would just go for the gold because it's just like, you know, they want to support the podcast as, yeah. as best they can. And it, yeah, like I said, like the value is driven by what your audience is willing to pay. And you, you find that out just by trial and error. If no one's signing up, you lower it or you just get rid of it. It's a, it's a failed experiment, but you've learned from that. You know, you've learned that the value is not there or not yet or whatever. Um, yeah, you, it's it's just like not being afraid to fail, I think, is the, is the big is the big key takeaway not being afraid to be shut down not being afraid to be you know told something that you you thought otherwise it's just all about learning this whole process and it's like 
in business and anything, like you've got to take risks and, you, and, and if they don't come off, you just learn from them and you go again. Yeah. Yeah. It's an issue. Look, it's a great point, man. And, and I'm sure everyone listening who wants to get into that can um, absolutely take something away. Would you, would you do something different if you didn't have a family? Uh, would you have more of like, I don't want to say more of a crack, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, probably not to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. I'd, you mean, you mean in terms of the podcast or just life in general? Yeah. Probably in terms of the brand. Yeah. Like I think if you know if you didn't have a family to support would it just be like oh I'll quit my job move to a one bedroom unit and just <laughs> fucking hack content out sort of thing. Uh, to be honest I probably would I probably would to be honest but that that said like I'm not like I I I'd, I'd much like it's not about like I said it's not about money for me it's about just doing something that I love. And this is definitely something I love. So yeah, there'd be something on the cards, but yeah, like I, I wouldn't want my family to be homeless either in this point as well. <laughs> no, so that's like, what I mean. they're it's not, like, they're not holding me no back is what I'm yeah. saying though. Like they're, it's not like anything like that. It's, um, yeah, like, like I'm really happy with where my life's at and things like that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, like if, uh, if things were different and I, you know, it was a single man and I didn't have a family and didn't have a mortgage and that sort of stuff, like, yeah, I probably would have more of a crack, but like at, at the same time, it's just all about what you can what you can afford to give at that time and, and where you're at in your life as well. And yeah, I, I think I'm 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 giving as much as I can while staying sane and seeing my family and in, in the meantime as well. Yes, you got to strike that balance. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. How much time gets put in? I always try to have one day a week where there's like no fantasy. Yeah, mine's Thursday nights usually, but like, yeah, like I said, like Monday, you, you know, you're recording the show, you're editing, you're doing, you know, two or three hours on, on that. We got the bonus episode to record. Tuesday, I'm writing articles, making videos. Wednesday, I'm editing articles, like my other writers and stuff like that. And, you know, Thursday, you, you generally get a night off, but if there's footy on Thursday, then you don't really get a night off. You're, you're back on it again. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's, fuck the Thursday night they're the worst, man, why? For, why? for podcasters. Why? Thursdays and Mondays are the worst if you're, if you're in the podcasting business. You get no time during yeah, the week <laughs> yeah mondays are bad yeah mondays are bad yeah we can't do that sunday night record and yep exactly yeah that's um I don't, man i don't really is there anything else you want to chat about i don't i don't have much else on my list no i think i think we're good yeah no i think i've covered everything yeah anything i want to talk about yeah oh there's there's one more thing there's one more thing right. I, I just i watched the live stream yeah and i'm like and the traders do it too what's with the t-shirts like come on man <laughs> Like you don't like it's it's like when you watch an ad for an AFL like a product like a product and they've got say yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield's in the ad for a car and he's walking down to buy a car in his uniform and it's like man we know who you fucking are that's why you're in the ad I know when I'm watching the Keeper League stream that it's the Keeper League you don't need the shirts all right so to explain um, t-shirts uh, you know I said before about um you learn from your failures yeah merchandise t-shirts big failure i have like i'm looking at i'm looking at a box here where i've probably got a oh i've probably got about no probably about 30 left in there but like they didn't sell like they just didn't go so i don't bother buying t-shirts like i just wear these like especially around the house i've got like two or three good t-shirts like you say that i should just not wear the t-shirt but legit i just don't really have any other (laughs) t-shirts so that's that's what works for me i can't speak for the other guys like i've got i've got a few free t-shirts i've got a i've got a manscaped t-shirt and i've got a uh i I, I won't mention the the x um kombucha brand that uh that's a bit of a dirty word on this podcast these days but uh what happened with that actually that was what i was thinking about when you were like craft beers i'm like man if i want your opinion on kombucha you know um uh just they uh basically we've just 
plugged in for free for a couple of years, just kind of proving that like, you know, when you're ready, we're here. Like we, and we, we made you some, we had a code, we, we did our best and we, the numbers were really yeah. good. And when we asked for a bit of return, it just didn't happen. So yeah. yeah. And they went, they went keen. So yeah, they were happy to, happy to kind of take the freebies, but weren't happy to dish out when um, we asked them to, which is fine. It's business. You know, it was a tough time. It was COVID. I'm sure, you know, company like that struggling in a pandemic. I don't that's, know. That's, yeah. That's what they all say. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was COVID. Exactly. COVID. Exactly. So. I still get, I still get it's COVID now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, what COVID? Yeah, well, like, like I said, express, express Post to send you two beers took six days, and I'm pretty sure they're still blaming COVID on uh, delays there. So, shit, man, I get, I try to get parts at work from for my moles, and ah, oh, that'll be like four months, man. <laughs> exactly. Like what? <laughs> COVID's finished. Well, it isn't, but yeah, it's COVID. Yeah. It's COVID. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be stopping other things. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, don't talk to my missus about COVID. Ooh. All right, I'll, I'll lay off that one. Oh man, it's like all I hear about. It. That's wild. <laughs> all right, is this still part of the show or? What's... Nah, Jono's gone. By the way, listeners, yeah. Jono left. I don't know if everyone noticed that, but yeah, <laughs> he, you, it's the same. Anyway, thank you so much, Hef. Uh, the Shapeshifter beers, holy hell! I would, I, I mean, I might buy these. They're they're that good. Um, I'm really impressed. So Shapeshifters in. Is it in Adelaide itself? Yeah, it's in Finden, so out in the western suburbs. But yeah, close to the sea. Everything's close to the sea in Adelaide, though. Oh, fucking yeah. okay. And I remember, like, it's like you drive five minutes. Well, I'm in the bush. Yeah, or you f- five minutes out of the way at the beach, so, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I love I love Adelaide. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good city. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. And um, No, thank you for having me. Yeah, I c- certainly learned a lot and, and sharing your stories you learn around the league. <laughs> no worries, mate. Anytime, anytime you want me on, I'm happy to do so.